0: sons and daughters it is sam jesse i am back with the crew from the locks of saturday brett robert and chris ed is on his honeymoon in montana looking like he's having a great time out west and this week we will be doing our national preview if you haven't heard we've done our acc atlantic and our acc coastal previews you can hit those up as well but this week we are doing our national previews uh and then next week is week one, fellas. In less than seven days, college football is on the television. How are we feeling?
1: Nothing like a good week zero matchup of uh, Northwestern, like in Illinois, always playing, not each other, but <laughs> just these disgusting matchups we won. one. UCon- we got UConn week zero again, I believe, right?
0: UConn, Utah State. Yep, that is a week zero game.
1: Mm, delightful.
0: It is very delightful. Um, also, shout out to Robert, a lot of things have been happening on the Locks of Saturday podcast lately. Ed just got married and Robert and his wife are expecting. So congratulations to the both of you.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I just uh, have heard so many great things about being a dad from Chris and just thought I would just follow suit. This is how we get more people. Uh, we just, we sucker them in. We, we
3: tell them all the good things. And then uh, from our recently uh, departed uh, Locks brother and Mike McDaniel, uh, I don't think he slept in months. So
2: yeah, you have that to look forward to, Irby. Yeah, that baby is probably one of the main reasons why he's not on this podcast right now. And well, let's hope I don't suffer the same fate.
0: Mike McDaniel is a very, very busy man. Well, we'll put it that way. Well, congratulations to the both of you. Uh, Very exciting. And you know what else is exciting, guys? College football is back. And it feels like this has been the longest off season of all time. We are very excited. We're going to kick things off with kind of just open discussion, over-unders across the country, over-under win totals, again, always using the DraftKings sportsbook. Uh, Brett, we'll kick it off with you. What Um, do you like? What's on your ticket?
1: I'm just going to go ahead and lay it down. Super-duper uber lock of the year for over-under is App State over 8.5. I'm not really sure why this line is still at that. I guess it's just because the Sun Belt's so unpredictable. But they're the best team in the Sun Belt this year them and Coastal, and maybe it was in Lafayette, but I think from a consistency standpoint, App State's returning most of their team. Uh, So I'm just hammering eight and a half over 8.5 with Appalachian State. Um, Coastal was at over 7.5, which I would have hammered, but it looks like it moved to over 8.0, and I'm staying away from that now because I think that might be a push. So, But I love App State over 8.5. Uh, what else is another one? Uh, Georgia Tech under three and a half. That's that's another one for me. I think that's pretty safe. Uh, minus 125, so not great value, but I mean, these are kind of picks that I'm like pretty certain about. Um, those two, what else is another one for me that I really like? Just for some value, actually like Nebraska over 7.5 wins this year. They lost like five games last year with like less than a touchdown. So I think, and they returned most of their team. So you'll get a good you'll get a good test in week one when they play Northwestern. Even though Northwestern is supposed to be down, but you'll see what they actually can bring out this year. That's minus one ten. So it's kind of a toss up. The over unders the same. So but I like Nebraska over seven and a half.
3: I, I was just waiting for you to go through the entire Power Five, maybe the entire group of five. there a breath.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I'll I'll let I'll let other people diverge. <laughs> There's a
2: few. Yeah, there's a few that I really like. Um, I'm kind of going to stay in the SEC for the most part. Um, I think my favorite over-under so far is Ole Miss over seven and a half. Um, That feels like a pretty strong lock to me. Um, I won't say full-on lock, but it's like almost there. The reason why is like, I really think this team's being slept on in a lot of ways. I know they lost Matt Corral, but I mean, Chris can attest as a proud USC guy, like Jackson Dart is a stud. I think he will thrive with this Lane Kiffin offense. They're bringing, you know, they are bringing some production back on offense. You know, they lost Snoop Conner, but they still have some other good running backs there. They'll have some good targets to throw to. That offense will be electric, as it always is. As far as defense goes, I didn't even bother to look, because if Lane Kiffin doesn't even know the players that are on his defense, why should I? That said, the SEC West, I do think, I think LSU – and Auburn are going to have somewhat rough seasons. Uh, Mississippi state and Arkansas can only do so much. So I feel like <laughs> there is plenty of opportunity for Ole Miss to steal some wins there. I think they go eight and four, probably still lose to Alabama by 60, but they still consider it a great season. Another sec team I'm actually fading is I like Georgia under 10 and a half wins. I know I it sounds me. crazy defending national champs and everything, but I I'm a big fan of what Kirby Smart is doing. And I think this program will get back on track and be contending in the near future. But they just lost so much production. Um, I mean, how many guys did they have drafted? It was like, was 16, it like 15, 16? 15, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a lot of production to replace. And like at the end of the day, you play in the SEC and, you know, 10 wins is still a lot. But I don't see them going 11-1, and um, especially with teams like Kentucky and South Carolina and um, Tennessee really starting to show some signs of life in the SEC East. And then lastly, going away from the Big Ten, I have Iowa over seven and a half wins. Um, I think you can always count on them to be a consistent eight or nine-win football team. And you can also get their Big Ten West odds at plus 400, so I'd
1: sprinkle a little something there too. Yeah, I had Georgia too. I held off on that because I figured somebody else was going to – Pick that one
3: So I, I when I uh, saw this on the uh, sheet for doing some some background checks I kind of took it as pick your absolute favorite So I just really dove into finding the one that I really really liked and it's gonna be pretty random. so it's going to be an SEC team featuring a quarterback by the first name of Will but not the one that puts mayonnaise on everything. Uh, this is Will Rogers in Mississippi State. I'm going to go with the opposite side of the egg bowl there uh, Robert. I'm gonna go with Mississippi State over six and a half wins. I'm going to tell you why. So the biggest thing for me is when you're looking at just consistency and being able to win, we're talking about six and a half games here. And, yes, they're in the SEC West, uh, but they are probably the most veteran SEC team overall that already had a unit from last year that did pretty well. And they're coming back, and they're actually going to be better. So uh, if you guys have ever followed the Action Network, they have a metric that came out last year. It's called TARP which is essentially like the returning production stat that we utilize so often, um, which is why BYU was like through the charts this year for returning production. Mississippi State has the highest number coming back in the SEC. They're at 80%. Uh, so what does that mean? Well, not only do they have 80% of their entire kind of roster coming back, but then you factor in the transferring assets and returning production, actual metrics of how much production they're returning and they wait it out uh with tarp quote unquote which is transferring assets returning production they're seventh in the nation and they're the number two power five program behind surprisingly tcu is number one in that metric so it's in year two i don't know what that means uh if tcu can be the number one team here but i'm buying in because not only do they have that they have the highest amount returning uh production and they're top 15 in s p plus so everything tells you that they're just a good veteran team that's returning um, both sides of the football. It's not like what you would think of a normal Mike Leach team where it's going to be all offense, no defense, because the defense is actually what I like about them the most. They had a 30th, 30th ranked unit last year, and they're bringing back pretty much that entire side of the ball. And for me, and I don't know if most I, – I, I assume Sam knows what I'm talking about. Zach Arnett, former defensive coordinator for San Diego State, this is now year three for him. He kind of implemented a system during COVID – Uh, was kind of touch and go for the first part, but automatically improved them from pretty much a a pretty abhorrent defense to 30th in the nation. This is now year three. Uh, So all of this kind of being baked in the fact that, oh yeah, they have Will Rogers at quarterback. He was a top five quarterback in passing production last year. Um, And that's something to where he doesn't get a lot of credit because he's not one of those downfield explosive arm quarterbacks and he uh, he doesn't run the ball at all. Uh, So he doesn't get that kind of like higher end kind of Heisman ish kind of consideration. Plus he's at Mississippi state, but factor in all of this, you know, Mississippi state as a team, you know, they're in the SEC West, they're going to be buried underneath the top teams, but they're definitely better than six and a half wins. Um, And yeah, that was a pretty easy pick for me overall. Sam.
0: Yeah. So I have a few and there's some that we've talked about, like we talked about them over the summer and and obviously, I mean, we've talked every day about some of these Uh, I've been really high on Utah. I'm continually high on Utah cam risings, probably the most, I have the most faith in cam rising to have a good year of any PAC 12 quarterback right now. So I really like that defense as well. They've recruited very well on the defensive side of the football. So I I like them to kind of just replenish roll through the teams. They're supposed to roll through. I like them in the matchup against USC as well over eight and a half. I really like Utah there. Uh, another team in the Pac-12 I actually like, Washington State. Now, Washington State has a really interesting game coming up. They go to Camp Randall to play Wisconsin. I'm not saying they're going to win that game, but it might be something to look at. I really like what Washington State has done. Like They're just sneaky. They're just so sneaky, and they maybe have the best transfer quarterback in the country in Cam Ward. He's a guy that Virginia tech fans will be familiar with kind of flirted with maybe going to Virginia tech, but cam Ward could be nasty. And if cam Ward is nasty, that's definitely good enough for Washington state to go six and six in the PAC 12. So I like Washington state, Robert, you know, my next one, Kansas state over six and a half, lock it in. Love it. Adrian Martinez is going to be absolutely phenomenal. Um, I I just think he's going to have a great season. He finally has an offensive line. I really like what they're doing there. Uh, Robert, did you, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't talk too much about Kansas State.
2: I was I was saving it for another category.
0: We are saving them. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, there's another category we might save them with. Deuce Vaughn, really, really good. Going to put up some video game numbers. Uh, another team that kind of like they're over is Purdue. They're sitting at seven and a half. This could be a really Not a really weak year for the Big Ten West, but a weaker year for the Big Ten West. I don't think Wisconsin and Iowa are as good as they usually are. If they can pick off one of those or so, I think they can get to eight wins. The juiciest one, I think, might be BYU. They have one of the toughest schedules in the country, but this team is returning everyone. They're returning all of their talent. They have a lot of these big games at home. And guys, what do you not do in Provo, Utah at night? You don't win a game. You don't win. You don't win when you travel to Provo, Utah. I like BYU as maybe a sleeper team to make the playoffs. If you can find that line, they could pull a Cincinnati this year. They have quadruple the schedule that Cincinnati had last year. Um, And then we've talked about some unders and uh, stuff like that in the ACCs. Uh, To be honest with you, it's just no fun betting unders as much. It's just not a lot of fun. But if there are teams that you can maybe – grab the under on i agree with georgia at 10 and a half i think 10 and 2 looks right for a george team i know they recruit out the wazoo but um they're replacing more on defense than anybody has ever replaced so
1: uh, yeah, I, I like i like 10 seem, and 2 for georgia unders don't seem fun but i mean there's some sicko bets out there you know that's what that's one of them to do
2: they're, You don't always have to have fun to make money
0: that is true <laughs> bet the number is not the team am i right Yep. Can't
2: go broke making a profit, as Brad Glenn would say.
0: Well, he did kind of go, you know, we'll see. We'll see. He hasn't played a game yet. <laughs> we will see. Uh, yep. Any others before we move on? Some will come to us, I'm sure, as we as we go on with this. Guys, favorite conference champion bet that you have this year there are some really good ones and there's some very interesting ones especially in the acc
1: yeah i mean i'll go ahead and lead it off again i mean the value is not crazy and it's not very fun to pick but alabama only at minus 145 seems kind of like easy i thought like you could dump a pretty good a few units on that and you'll get a good return i just don't see anybody competing with them this year in the sec except for georgia and georgia lost a lot so at minus 145, super boring bet, but I feel like that's still a pretty decent line for what they're competing with this year. Um, I mentioned this right before we started recording. I didn't realize how crazy the MAC is this year in terms of they don't know who's going to win. You got Toledo at plus 40, Central Michigan at plus 450, Miami of Ohio at plus 450, Northern Illinois at plus 600. That's your top four teams. They have no clue. I would sprinkle a little bit on every single one because you're going to get a good return regardless. So you can just figure out your numbers on where you can dump, sprinkle a little bit of money on each one and then get it to the point where you get like more return or double your return. That's where I would sit. That seems like a really fun <laughs> conference to watch this year. And plus Mac, you get to watch Mac on Tuesdays. That gives you a reason to watch, especially if you have someone on some conference winners. Uh, who else do I like? Uh, i still like oklahoma plus 190 uh to win the big 12. uh i mean it'd be fun to bet texas uh good value honestly oklahoma state i think these people are sleeping on that this year a little bit i think gundy's got them where they need to be now and it took i'm surprised he's they stuck around with him this long but it seems like he's finally got them there especially last year when they beat oklahoma at home that was pretty crazy um Oklahoma State plus five fifty is not a bad pick if you want a little bit of a dark horse pick. But the favorite Oklahoma plus one ninety, uh, and then my last one is the American uh, Conference. I would like Houston at plus two thirty five. I think they're going to win it this year. Cincinnati lost too much, and I don't think they're going to uh, anybody's going to be able to compete with them.
0: Do You want to know something weird about Cincinnati this year? So famously, last year on this podcast, we got we all got Cincinnati at plus twenty seven hundred to make the playoff. What a cash out, everyone. Yeah, Congratulations pretty, again. Yeah. This year they're at plus two thousand.
1: Yeah, if they're less this year. And I think I saw that. And we're gonna talk about that in a minute, but I will just chime in. I think it's because coming off of COVID year, nobody knew anything. It what was gonna what the teams looked like. So it was just people saw it more as a risk. But I think this year I think there might be a little more volatility in the top ten. So I think that's what they're might be looking at. But I don't think they're the best team in the American. So this yeah so it is weird
0: i think it might oh go on go on robert i was just gonna
1: say i think it might also have to to do
2: with the fact that a g5 team had never made the playoff at that point and it was kind of seen as this impossibility of you know we'll believe it when we see it now we've seen it so what's crazy teams are gonna have less favorable odds now
1: what's crazy was they were ranked sixth preseason and they still were plus 2700
2: (laughs) yeah crazy
1: do we,
0: but I
2: think they deserved we can, to have us take their money. That's what happened. Yeah.
1: The sportsbooks if, did.
0: If I'm looking at the group of five uh, slash independents on DraftKings sportsbook to make the playoff, um, we'll 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 get there. But um, I don't think plus two thousand is is good enough is enough for Cincinnati this year. No, I don't think it's even close.
2: Yeah, but I guess circling back to the conference champions, um, Brett, I think it's really interesting that you're on Oklahoma. I'm not. I just can't get there. You know, I'm, I'm not sure what it's going to look like with Venables. I just feel like that's a really strong philosophy change. Um, And I don't know. I understand the talent level is incomparable because of how um, Lincoln Riley recruited there. So it's always possible. I just don't, I just don't know if I see it. I'm also not, I'm maybe a little lower on Dylan Gabriel than the consensus might be. I'm just uh, cautious of what it'll actually look like when he's playing you know, big boy football, so to speak. I think Oklahoma or Baylor there are great plays, but you already know, you already know I'm picking Kansas State to win the Big 12. I mean, I talked about it this summer. Um, those odds have gone down from plus 1600 to plus 12. That means that there is some money being thrown around on this bet because, you know, there is a belief there that um, there is some serious value there. Um, Sam mentioned, you know, Martinez and Deuce Vaughn already. I'll also point out that. Kansas state had six players selected as first team preseason, all big 12. That's the most in the conference. No other team had six. So that means that top to bottom, Kansas state has one of, if not the most talented, as far as proven commodities go, talented rosters in the conference. Um, And I think they'll make it happen. And if not, like, like I said, Oklahoma state and Baylor are also great plays there. I think it's going to be one of those three that wins. Um, and then the only other one that tickles my fancy a little bit is, uh, I love Utah state plus 900 to win the mountain West and I'll let the mountain West expert really hammer it, but
0: <laughs> we're going to talk about the mountain West. Don't you worry about that. Robert. We're talking <laughs> mountain West football on this show.
2: Well, Sam and I are two of the biggest Blake Anderson fans out there. And, you know, Dude, he's love a great coach Blake
0: Anderson. Love and Blake I j-
2: Anderson. I just think anything's possible with them. Um, With a coach like that and you know, a winnable conference without one clear cut favorite.
0: Very, very winnable conference this year. Um not a lot at the at the top. Usually there's like two or three top 30 teams this year, not not as much. A lot of mediocrity in the Mountain West this year. Chris.
3: Yeah, I kind of went with uh picking one power five, picking one group of five. Uh so Brett alluded to it. Uh, it's just a lot of fun to try to guess the MAC. Um, so I went with not just the strategy of sprinkling the odds. I chose the worst of the top four. So I'm going to put all of my funding towards Northern Illinois plus 600. Uh, I am I. When we originally started going with uh, the sharp analytics and we use that to kind of drive the narrative for the early locks episodes. I'm hammering TARP this year. I I like it as a metric. I like it as an advance of what we think about in terms of production and the value behind that. And Northern Illinois is one of the top five teams in the country in that metric as well. So a plus 600 great odds. If you're going to have a Mac team that needs to be used to playing on Tuesday and Wednesday nights, why not have the most veteran Mac team out there that is already uh, littered with juniors and seniors and know what it's like to play those games because that's probably the biggest thing that leads into the variability of the Mac is because their weekly schedules are just so important. Um, so give me the team that's used to playing uh, on, on those early games as it shifts towards midseason onward. Um, so the Power five, uh, to me, the only one that seems more fun is going with the one conference that doesn't seem like it's already picked. And that's going to be choosing between USC and Utah. So Utah, as Sam alluded to, it is that uh, kind of the Ken Winningham. Uh, just they're the constant, like underrated uh, team. No one really thinks about them. You know, they're they're not kind of the, the the flash and glamour of USC. And USC now being back, obviously you have not only them having higher leveled expectations now, but also having. You know, just the skill group people that they have, you know, Caleb Williams, uh, Heisman, uh, narrative has gone up. His odds have actually gone down to the triple digits, even more so leading into the season as the camp narrative has actually been pretty good. So that boils down to that October, what I believe it's 15th game. And I think that is going to decide the Pac-12 winner overall, even though they're both coming out of the South. I do think that the winner of that team will actually represent the South in what will be the last Pac-12 championship game. Um, so give me, and I'm going to pick this now, I'm going to go with USC for that one. I just like them more. I really think the offense is going to be special. Uh, I don't think people really understand how much the offensive line can be schemed out of based off of what Lincoln Riley had done historically with how bad the Oklahoma offensive lines have kind of been, and they still managed to be able to be really productive, Um, so their biggest concern obviously is going to be depth Along the lines, both on the offense and defensive side, but I just really think we're going to see something that is very special in terms of offensive production coming out of USC with what they have. Uh, the more and more I look at it, the more and more it makes uh, just more sense. Uh, so sorry, Sam, I'm, I'm fading Utah. Shocker in the Pac-12 and going with my my boys, the Trojans.
0: Hey, here's a here's a fun one. So on DraftKings, you can do head-to-head, uh, like which team will have more wins, and of course one of their matchups is USC versus Oklahoma. Most regular season wins pretty even line. What do we think most regular season wins this year? USC and Oklahoma
3: between those two.
1: Yep. USC.
3: I have to go USC.
1: Yeah. I think just solely based off the strength of schedule. I
2: don't think. think it's particularly close to be honest.
1: I think USC gets it by like three wins.
2: So
0: if, we, if USC is a like let's say they're a 10 win team that means Oklahoma's going 9 and 3
3: is that something that we believe they can't do i mean it's Brent Venables he's okay okay as a, a complete psychopath defensive coordinator but now he's the coach and i just i don't know what a Brent Venables coached team looks like but i do know what a Lincoln Riley coached team looks like especially with the weapons that he has Um, Where I don't know that Venables coming in with Oklahoma's defense, I mean, it's not necessarily playing up to the strengths of what he wants to do to run his team versus what Riley wants to do with who he has to run his team. So um, the strength of schedules are probably pretty even. I don't think Big 12 versus Pac-12 is anything where there's uh, a massive disparity in strength there. So um, all things kind of being factored in. I still think it's USC. What is that line, by the way? Is there like a line of them it? Or is it is um,
0: minus, uh, let me go back to it, but I believe it is, and it is right here. It is minus 115 USC, minus 105 Oklahoma.
3: Okay, so pretty even. Pretty even,
0: yeah. Yeah. Even with a little bit of juice on it.
3: Yeah. I, I'll still take the quote unquote lesser value and I'll I'll still go with USC there.
0: Well, before I get into mine, uh, Brett, did you have another over-under that you wanted to talk about? I do agree with it. You just put um, it in the chat. I just, I, totally,
1: I just totally forgot about it. And I had I, I, had it written down. I had, like, two note apps, and I started one, and I lost it, and then I started another one, and Iowa State under six and a half. Lock. Not even going to be close. They, they sucked with their best offense ever last year. And they lost all of it. Brees Hall, Brock Purdy, a tight end. I forgot his name. Um, they're gone. And it's just not even going to be close. I did talk, talk about taking unders on any football games, any team, any team Iowa State plays. Bet the under on the game because all they're going to do is just play defense. So. But I
0: I love it. I think they're going to be probably a four-win team this year. I don't think they're very good at it. Yeah. And
1: everybody that wanted, and I'm just going to go and say to everybody that wanted Matt Campbell, they've gotten, I I saw on Twitter the other day, Iowa State fans like freaking out. They've gotten one four-star recruit in the last two years. um, And they've had their best seasons of all time. They've done pretty much nothing. They've like, people like are making Iowa State seem like they're some good team, like something because they had like that one nine-win season. They're not that good. And they weren't good with their best offense ever. So they're going to be really bad. That's it.
0: Not an Iowa State podcast this year. Uh, Some conference championship stuff that I like. Again, Utah. I love Utah this year. Utah to win the Pac 12 is right now at plus 240. I actually don't like it at plus 240 as much. I know you're getting plus 200. Like that's, you're getting pretty high value odds there. But with how good, with how good. USC looks like they can be, I, I don't like that as much. I have Utah at plus 400 to win. So you see how much that line has moved from plus 400 to plus to 240 uh, mountain West. Talking about the mountain West. The team I like is Fresno state. They are also at plus 240. They are returning uh, the best quarterback, the best wide receiver, and one of the best running backs. I think Fresno state might be pretty filthy this year. Um, Another thing I really like about Fresno state is they have a pretty good mountain West schedule. They don't have to travel to Wyoming. They don't have to travel to Hawaii, much less travel. They avoid the tough games, no obvious losses on their schedule. Uh, I like their over eight and a half as well. Um, Another one that I like, and this one is more of just a reach maybe, but We talked about the Big Ten West, Iowa and Wisconsin, maybe not as good as they normally are. Two teams I think could be really good this year, Purdue and Minnesota. Purdue is plus 600 to win the Big Ten West, and Minnesota is plus 450 to win the Big Ten West. If you want to sprinkle something on both of those teams, I think you do have a good shot of one of them maybe pulling a Cinderella and winning the Big Ten West. All right, let's go and talk about Some college football playoff predictions. Now, obviously, we feel pretty good about Alabama. We feel good about Ohio State. Maybe even sprinkle in, you know, your other SEC school if you like Georgia, if you like Texas A&M, whatever. But you're not here for that. Here for the value. Who are some dark horse value picks? I don't think anything on the board is going to touch Cincinnati plus twenty seven hundred. But Brett, maybe there's something that you do like.
1: You know, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. I hate this team. I really do. but uh, Notre Dame plus a thousand. I think people are sleeping on them just a little bit because of the coaching change, but I think Marcus Freeman is gonna do. I, just like from the videos I've seen and like the vibe that's around Notre Dame right now, it's like a totally different atmosphere. It feels like with under Marcus Freeman. and at plus a thousand, I think it's worth throwing something at them because Notre Dame's, I think capable of winning. A lot of games again, and I think they they've gotten to the point now. I think like in the, those middle years of Brian Kelly, kind of when like when Tech beat them in twenty, what was it sixteen at at Touchdown Jesus Field, they or whatever it's called. Yep,
0: twenty sixteen.
1: Yeah, twenty sixteen. Those middle years was a little, you know, people weren't sure about Notre Dame, but the last like three, I mean, they've been pretty darn dominant. So I think it's safe to say you could throw a little bit of value there, plus a thousand. Um, I like Oklahoma state also plus at 1400. I think they were on the verge. I mean, they were on the verge last year. I mean, they were six going into week uh, like not like week nine or 10 and they just couldn't close it out. So I think they're close as well, especially with that conference. Um, Even though I like Oklahoma to win just because of the plus odds, I think that conference is still up for a toss up. So, I mean, if they, you know, might lose one game, or if they, they could run the table, who knows? It's going to happen in that conference. I oh, like Oklahoma State, at plus fourteen hundred, a uh, little smaller odds. Honestly, Texas A and M, I saw at plus seven hundred, not a bad gig. I mean, plus seven hundred is pretty high, I think, for them. Uh, do you, do plus-
0: you think two SEC West could happen this year? If Alabama's that dominant in the SEC West, could Texas A and M go eleven and one?
1: Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna get ready to say is if if it's a quote I was getting ready to say if it's a close game between Texas A and M and Alabama I could see it maybe happening but other than that um, that's the only way I would say those are my three
2: yeah I mean I I like all of those I think those are all really good values I think especially looking at Notre Dame I mean we'll find out Week One in Columbus what they're made of yeah um, exactly and They also play Clemson and they also play USC. So those are some marquee opponents. Um,
1: and if they They manage to win,
2: they win two of those. They're probably making the playoff.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Um, but I mean, I don't know. And Oklahoma state was probably like literally a foot away from making the playoff last year. (laughs) Like (laughs) guy stretches out and misses the pylon maybe by less than a foot. And they probably make it in over Cincinnati. Um, those are good values. I don't necessarily see either of them happening. Um, The one that I really like that I can confidently say, like I will predict this to happen is um, I like USC plus 400. Um, I know it's crazy. It's just, they're probably the least predictable team in football as far as you know, this season goes with all the transfers they have, the coaching change. I do tend to be, on the more optimistic side here though, because that offense is going to be special. I mean, like special, special. I mean, you look at Caleb Williams, he could make a case for being, you know, probably the third best quarterback in the country besides Bryce Young and Stroud. And he might even be better than Stroud. I don't know. Um, Jordan Addison, best wide receiver in the country, Mario Williams, great receiver, Brendan Rice, Jerry Rice's son, you know, Travis Dye, good running back from Oregon. They brought in a little bit to bolster the offensive line and a few transfers to bolster up the defense. If the defense can just be okay, the offense is going to be nasty. I think USC could go eleven and one, maybe even twelve and zero. And I think that they have enough national narrative behind them um, to where the committee would be more likely to favor them over someone else in that type of scenario. Like I like if it was like an eleven and one Oklahoma State and eleven and one USC. I think USC is probably getting the spot. So I really like that bet. Yeah, I mean, that's the one I'm on. I kind of have blinders to that. That's the value I'm really chasing there. Guys, come on. This is dark horse.
3: We're trying to find the longest of odds. And really, to be honest, this is kind of like my version of Cincinnati 2.0 here for the season. And sorry, Sam, if I'm going to steal your thunder if you're looking in this direction. But the answer has got to be BYU. It's the schedule and the level of the team that they're going to put on the field combines to deliver that perfect narrative of in a year where you have two clear-cut favorites who we can probably bank on making it, OSU and Bama, I don't really see them other than having a disastrous rat of injuries plaguing each team of not making the college football playoff. Other than that, there's nobody else. I mean, last year we had at least three and there was probably a a handful of teams for that uh kind of fourth spot that were at the top of mind power five teams but cincinnati was kind of just at that same level of being discussed with it it's just that this year byu For some reason, they're not getting the credit in the early rankings, but they're still regarded as a very veteran-led team that's coming in. And there are four kind of, quote-unquote, big games. Granted, Cincinnati playing in their conference last year only really had to win that one Notre Dame game to really cement their their season. Uh, BYU gets Baylor, Oregon, Notre Dame, and Arkansas. Three of those games are at home. And if you remember what we said earlier on this podcast, what do you not do at Provo?
0: You don't go in there and win.
3: Exactly. And the a, one away question. game they have this year is at Oregon. And I just, with the turnover that they've had in Oregon, and they're going to be starting Bo Nix. Like, I just, I don't see that as an unwinnable game for BYU to go on the road.
0: Jared, Jared Hall is a much better quarterback than Bo Nix.
3: Yes. Yeah. Um, so, it, it, it is an like absolutely nuclear Bo, Bo Nix. Bo Nix is like a poor man's version of a poor man's version of Tim Tebow. Like he is, he is just not what he is. He, he, he was put on earth to be an Auburn quarterback that beats Alabama. That's pretty much about it. Um, So if they win, you know, three of those four games, they come out with one loss. I'd still think that would be acceptable. And then they still have a level of play in the rest of their schedule versus teams. You know, like they can still raise their profile. It's not like they play a bunch of cupcakes. So yeah, they get through that and they come away with only one loss. If, if not, they definitely win all four. I mean, I can see them being the fourth team. It's not The one thing I couldn't find, though, and I don't know if anybody can find the number, is what their college football playoff chances to make the playoff odds are. They're just so astronomically high.
0: It was on there at like plus 3,000 earlier in the summer, but it's not okay. but on there now. Um, maybe you yeah, can probably. find in a couple weeks, but maybe what you do with BYU is it's a long play where you bet them against the spread in some of these games. Yeah, because they're not going to be favored against Oregon. They're probably not going to be favored against Baylor. They're not going to be favored against Notre Dame. Arkansas, they might be another game. Like they could play five top twenty-five teams because they play at Boise State on November fifth. Boise State could very well be a top twenty-five team by that point in the season.
1: Yeah, it's an absolutely nuclear schedule. Like- it's crazy. <laughs> And they do play Dixie State, though, my Trailblazers. With the- and and uh,
0: Utah Tech. I did not know that was a school. Did anyone else know that was – If you knew that Utah Tech had a football team, and if you know their mascot, please tweet oh, that, well, us. That, we'll that, give you a that, shout out on
2: podcast. You are, by definition, a sicko.
0: You are – I don't even – do they even have so, a page on ESPN?
2: So, so they have Utah,
3: Utah State, Utah Tech. Obviously, BYU. do they have like a Utah A&M?
0: Uh, there's a Utah Valley. There you
1: go.
0: Uh, there's a Southern Utah.
1: Yep. And Dixie, State, D- Dixie State's actually in Utah. Yes. Which, which is the weirdest thing. The famous
0: home of Dixie. Oh, down down yeah. in Dixieland.
2: <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Plot twist here. This says that Utah Tech was formerly known as Dixie State.
1: Oh, there you go. Oh.
0: Wait,
2: are we talking about the same school? Wait, Whoa, wait, 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 wait,
1: is this a,
0: yeah, Are they Dixie them twice? was the Trailblazers. So no, they, they play Utah's Tech
1: on oh. November 19th. Oh, wow. So it was Dixie. Dude, I have a, so that you, so I have a Dixie State shirt. That's probably worth like $5 now instead <laughs> of zero.
0: Hopefully you learn something new. On the how much Saturday, did you buy Pikes? the
2: shirt for? <laughs>
1: it was last year when I bet them uh playing basketball. They cover I said I'll buy I said I'll buy a shirt from their store if they cover the it was like 52 point spread against uh, Gonzaga. And they did they, they covered about like 20 points. So I so I bought a shirt. I don't know, it was like a it was a, it's a Nike polo, but it was like super cheap because like nobody buys their stuff.
0: Yeah, because they were about to change names of the school. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I kind of agree with you guys like this year, I do think it's pretty wide open, but if you look at the lines that are on DraftKings and in other places as well, there's not a whole lot of value on a group of five or a, you know, long shot conference winner. I think your most realistic long shot would probably be NC state at plus 1400. I mean, I I don't love that. They got to go through Clemson. They got to go through wake. We don't know what wake will be like, but that's that's one. Don't waste your money on that. Do don't i I don't like that one. i I don't really like that one. Uh, I have Utah at plus four twenty five. I'm getting the better team and the better coach at higher odds. so i'll I'll take mm-hmm. that. I'll take <laughs> that. Um, an interesting one here. We're talking going back to the ACC. So Clemson to make the playoff is plus one forty five
1: Yeah, I saw that too.
0: Clemson to win the ACC is at minus one thirty. If Clemson wins the ACC, and is better than NC State, they're probably going to be at least an 11-1 team. And if they're 11-1 in ACC champs, Clemson's making the playoff. So you can maybe get a good amount of value. If you think Clemson's going to win the ACC, do not bet them to win the conference. Bet them to make the playoff, because the return is much, much higher.
1: Can you parlay those those futures or no?
0: I'm not sure
1: if you can. Actually, let me try to do it. Oh, no, you can't. I already beat you to it. Sorry.
0: <laughs> oh darn. Nope. Yeah, you can't do it. Darn. Um, well, you know, again, Clemson might be one of those teams that it might look really silly when they just steamroll everybody. Who knows? It could happen. All right. So, who do we have in our playoff bracket? Brett, you go first.
1: Who's your uh, Who's your final four? I have Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. And I'm going to throw in, honestly, that four spot. It was just like, your those are your main three. So it's the fourth one that you get that fun with. So I have like a couple scenarios. Um, one of them is Big 12 scenario with Oklahoma just staying steady with Oklahoma getting in. Um, my other scenario was I'll well, talking about a good value just to like, give me some excitement. Notre Dame, they're already at five. If they lose one game against one of the better teams they play, Um, And But when the rest, they went two out of the three. I mean, I think they're getting in and if they win all the other games. So it's really what was between me. It was between Oklahoma and uh, Notre Dame or my other two. I don't I I I had a hard time picking the fourth. Honestly, those are the two that I felt most comfortable with just for because of the futures that I'm putting on them. How do you think the playoff goes? Like, who do you think wins out of that group? Oh, uh, I think, actually I think Ohio State wins this year. I think they're just going to be flat out crazy good. Uh, I think it's going to be Alabama and Ohio State. There's no way they put them on the same side of the bracket, even if, uh, like, even if Ohio State somehow finishes fourth and Alabama finishes first. Like, like if that's how it's panning out to look. Before right quarterback the is gonna come out there and be like, no, nah, we're we, we can't do that. So they'll figure out a way to make sure that they play each other in the end.
0: Old BCS format there, just put the two teams together to get some ratings. Yep. <laughs> who, who does does everyone have Alabama? Yeah. Yeah, Chris. Yep.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I alluded to it in the get the earlier on portion here. Does anybody not have OSU and Bama, at least in their yeah, top? You got
2: Ohio State too. I also have Ohio State. There's a right. very clear top thing. two like, in college football this year.
3: Yeah, very, it is very The clear. inevitability, it's what we all thought Bama and Georgia were pretty much going to be last year and it comes to fruition. It's what's wrong with college football right now where we can have this interesting discussion amongst the underlayers, but at the end of the day, it's the top same two teams, usually year in and year out. Uh, but, um, I mean, I don't want to jump ahead of Robbie here, but um, other than Bama... And then Clemson and USC. Uh, to me, it's it's still, I guess, interesting to include somebody that's quote unquote new as a Pac-12 type person, but all these are kind of the same retread type teams. And that's that's kind of the most disinteresting part of this entire podcast was going to be predicting the playoff because for the most part, it's going to be somewhat of a chalk scenario. Only for me hoping that the dark horse candidate, you know, it's like a team like BYU comes up, just so we could have that thrill like we have with Cincinnati. Ultimately, though, Cincinnati got absolutely manhandled in the college football playoff game last year. So I don't see a scenario, even if you do get an interesting team in that fourth or even third spot, if you don't think Clemson comes through, uh, I just still see OSU and Bama winning their two initial
2: games and ultimately playing each other head to head in the national title game. Yeah, I have, like I said, have Bama and Ohio State playing in the championship. It's it's those two against the world. Basically. Um, I do give Bama the slight edge in that game just because I think that they will be a little more well-rounded and I just trust Nick Saban over, you know, over anybody else. Um, I think Clemson, yeah, it's kind of like Alabama and Ohio state. You feel great about for me. It's like Clemson. I feel okay to good about, I guess. Um, I do just feel like they'll get that offense back on track. Um, and breeze through a easy conference, they'll be in at the three. And then, like I said before, I have USC at the four. Um, but then, again, with those two, those two Thanoses at the top, uh, they are inevitable, and Alabama will come out on top.
0: Bama, Ohio State, Clemson, Utah. I'm sticking yeah. with the Utes. I'm sticking with the Utes. Um, the only other team that I really, really thought about was Texas A&M doing that 11 and one thing, but Texas A&M might be a year away. Like we're not exactly sure if their true freshman talents to be able to shine through in their depth this year.
1: They've been a year away for like seven years. They've been a year away for uh, quite a while. That
0: is very true. Other than that, like I I don't see a whole lot. I like Oklahoma state this year. I think they're a good team. A little bit worried about losing their defensive coordinator though. That, that worries me a little bit. I also think the big 12 is kind of, is going to be more competitive. I mean, Baylor's going to be a good team. TCU is going to be a good team. Oklahoma's always good. Kansas State, we talked about them. They're going to be good. So, no, but I like it. Bama versus Ohio State. And then who the the heck knows at that point. But I think that would be a great game. A lot of talent on that field. Favorite Heisman bet. Taking home the Heisman. I had a good one, but I had to let it go. Um, My pick was going to be Sam Hartman for this. I just want to put that out there. I was going to pick Sam Hartman, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. We're at who's striking the pose in New York this year?
1: I like Stroud. I, th- I think, I mean, it's just been quarterbacks. It seems like always are the ones that get it done. Um, I think that he made a big push for it last year at, at points after shaky start. I mean, if he didn't have that shaky start, I think he'd have been right there with Bryce Young at the very end for it. So, I really like Stroud. I think Caleb Williams, not this year, but next year. If I can put a future on next year, I think Caleb Williams gets it. I think people, obviously, I think he has the flash factor now just because of what he did to help Oklahoma, you know, after what happened with Rattler. I think so. people are expecting a lot of him, but I think next year will be his year. But uh, I really like C.J. Stroud. I mean, he's the number one pick right now. I think what are his odds? I think, like, plus, I think two twenty ish somewhere i think i saw at one point um i liked him uh and then honestly defender i think will anderson i mean he was basically like chase young 2.0 so i think he can do similar even though he's like i guess more of a linebacker i think he can do similar things to get it done so i like stroud super chalky pick i like anderson at plus i think he was plus 1200 ish um around when i saw him last and then my dark horse, uh, I've said it last year because he had a freak year as a freshman. Virginia native Travion Henderson at plus thirty three hundred was um, when I when I wrote these down. I uh, really liked him. He had a freak year last year as a freshman, and I think he's only going to be better. So uh, that's kind of my dark horse pick is Travion Henderson. Yeah, remember I love. Okay. Remember ahead. when people thought Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech thought fans thought we were going to get him.
0: Elsewhere. I'm I'm so shocked the banners at the fraternity houses didn't woo him to Virginia Tech. <laughs> shocked that didn't work.
2: Banners at a fraternity house, opportunity to play as a freshman and possibly win a national championship.
0: Hmm, tough
2: decision.
4: Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I do, uh, I, I love that Henderson pick. Uh, as I'm looking right now, he's at plus 3,500 right now. I do think that's really good value. He is my, I'll say he's my official pick to win the Heisman. Um, some stats here, the numbers he put up were ridiculous last year, especially once he became Ohio's. once he became their starting running back, he averaged 130.6 total yards per game. It was crazy. So yeah, he averaged 6.8 yards per carry last year. That's nuts. 19 touchdowns. He'll only have more, you know, he's a factor in the receiving game as well. Um, I don't know. I don't think Ohio State will air it out quite as much as they did last year um, just because they do have a lot of talented receiver, but it's a little bit younger than it was last year with Wilson and a lot of guys like that. So love Henderson. Another great one. I talked about him in the summer, but Jameer Gibbs, that value's dropped all the way from from plus six thousand to plus thirty five hundred. Same as Henderson. So a lot of money is on that play right there. Um, talented running back. Yeah, it's all that needs to be said. Alabama, they're a factory for running backs. And then my absolute crazy, crazy dark horse. I th- I mentioned him earlier. Jackson Dart, plus 7,000 from Ole Miss. Um, I mean, he's a crazy, crazy good, like, gunslinger-type quarterback. And we know Ole Miss with Lane Kiffen, they put up numbers. And their quarterbacks put up numbers. Honestly, Matt Corral was in the Heisman race last year before he got injured. So I think if, if Kiffin can coax some similar production, maybe not as much on the ground, I think Dart's a little bit more of a pocket passer compared to Corral. But if he can bring out that type of um, passing ability that Corral had, put up those crazy numbers, maybe Ole Miss does a little bit better than expected. I mean, it's not outlandish to think that, that Dart could be in New York um, when that day comes. I'm actually surprised you
3: went with your top two every be there with running backs, considering uh, in the last 20 years, I think only two running backs, both of which played for Alabama, won the Heisman. So it's just not really seen normally as the running back or even other, any other position other than a quarterback position uh, award, um, especially. I did mention state. an
2: Alabama running back though. I mentioned an Alabama running back. So you did. Kept that trend um, in mind.
3: So for me, but, to me, let's be honest, those were Alabama running backs during the Alabama era where they didn't have a quarterback. <laughs> um, so it, to, to me, the value here is kind of what I was going for, considering Stroud and Young are, are considerably the worst values in terms of their Heisman. Uh, I, I believe they're all what both now kind of like plus 200, maybe even less. Um, So to me, the betting favorite for a quarterback who you also think about Heisman being a narrative type award for the team that you're helping out. It's usually the quarterback who's playing for one of the best teams. um, And that team usually has to win more than nine games. I think the worst team to produce a Heisman Trophy winner was Louisville in 2016 with Lamar Jackson. Um, So it's generally not the case. Um, So to me, this is all about Caleb Williams and USC, a plus seven hundred. Uh, I don't think that anybody other than the two top Stroud and young quarterbacks has a legitimate case to say that he can both put up the volume of numbers, turn around his program and which all wins will be you basically just Williams will have all of the benefit of USC winning and with the numbers that he can put up with Lincoln Riley, um, who has obviously put up a few Heisman Trophy caliber quarterbacks, um, the, it all kind of bakes into him at least being invited, and definitely at plus 700, a pretty solid chance uh, to, to win it as well. So I, I do think if he has a solid start, which if you look at their schedule, he will, I do think plus 700, that, that will drop pretty precipitously over the first few weeks of the season. So, I would say get it now at least if uh, you uh, either agree, but also just at plus 700, it just makes sense. Uh, so, Sam.
0: Yeah, and I, I agree with some of the ones you guys have said, like CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, those, those guys. Travion Henderson, I think he's a great value at plus 3,500. Probably the best value on the board, I think. But here are some guys that I really, really like, and I'm going to start with the guy who I think will win it this year, and it is defensive end Will Anderson probably going to be the best player in college football, probably going to be the first overall draft pick, plus 1,600, the best player on the best team. I think it's time that we get a defensive player to win this award, especially a pass rusher, and this is the guy who could do it. So I like Will Anderson this year, plus 1,600. Some other guys I like, quarterback, I'm high on Utah. I'm going to talk about it. Cam rising at plus 6,000 if he leads them to a big season. That's a narrative guy, but I don't like West Coast players for the Heisman. Just usually doesn't work. Old Heisman voters just can't stay up that late. So if I'm looking a little bit more East Coast, I was on this guy last year. Didn't really pan out, but Bijan Robinson running back from Texas is at plus 2200 this year. Really good. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. I think he's going to be a really big focal point of Texas's offense. That will be a really good offense this year. So I like him. And then here's a crazy one. You guys want like a huge one? Plus 10,000. Will Shipley. If Clemson's going to have a big season, they're going to have to run the ball. He's a guy who can run the ball. He can catch the ball. He can return kicks. Will Shipley at plus 10,000 is stupid. Just throw a dollar on it and see what happens. I'm, I'm high on him in, in Clemson this year. I think he could be ACC player of the year status. I'm sad I don't get to bet on Sam Hartman. I really wanted to, but those are some guys just to look at. Again, though, I think Will Anderson will, will, be, will be the most deserving Heisman winner at the end of the year. All right. You guys ready to pick some games real quick? Some week zero games. Anybody have a bet for week zero? I only have one. Well, I have two. I have two.
1: Uh, I know which one. I know one of them is. I'm so That's not going to steal your thunder.
0: I mean, it's the easiest bet of it. Yeah, but you go.
1: <laughs> is it? Does it have to do with a dog?
0: Does it have to do with a dog?
1: Oh, no. It's a different one. Like oh, a, no, Maybe it was you that was on it. Like, a like he got that girl? dog
0: in him? No, like like Jonathan the 14th from UConn? Yeah. No, no, I'm not betting a UConn plus 27 and a half against Utah State. But, uh, <laughs> But I do I think have already that Yukon will not be terrible anymore. Like they should be I, I have
3: already stated that I'm already on that game and having UConn that, cover the plus 27 stars that I am that's leading you with that one. Um,
0: that was, I, I know that
3: everybody has a you know Anderson fan club here with Utah State, but I'm uh, I'm buying in early. I'm buying early island stock on the inevitable Yukon program turnaround. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna sit there with my almost four touchdown uh, spread there on, on week zero and hate watch UConn football. Uh, but See, I can't I remember. That what was year. the opening spread last year, Sam, I, I know you were betting
1: it. It was pretty ridiculous. Oh, no, I did. It was against Fresno state. It was like 42 and they still didn't yeah. cover it. So that's and, why um, well,
0: we also, we didn't know how good that Fresno state team was. That was a good team. Yeah, correct. Um, and that was also the field, like the field surface was like 122 degrees or something like crazy crazy hot in fresno that day so yeah. you can't expect huskies to play in that weather we we went over this last year we were very adamant that it wasn't my fault
1: actually i, I, <laughs> I liked I the
0: bet i liked the bet i still like the bet
1: i think i know what sam's bet pick is and it's awesome because i'm definitely betting it too so it's I'll the most
0: obvious week zero bet of all time Go for it's it. over in vanderbilt hawaii 54 yeah. and a half i mean are you kidding me the game kicks off at 10 p.m Timmy Chang, you think Timmy Chang's Hawaii team isn't going to drop fifty on Vanderbilt?
1: Yeah, so I might give
0: up seventy, but they're going to score a lot of points.
1: Okay, I like the money line plus two ten. I mean, personally,
0: Vanderbilt (laughs) traveling to the islands to play a night game against Timmy Chang. Yeah, that's tough. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) Maybe Hawaii only has five starters returning. Okay, but still, they'll be fine. Maybe they don't
2: have facilities. I don't know.
0: Maybe they don't have a stadium, okay? You don't need a stadium to score touchdowns. You only need a field.
3: So no one here is betting the actual first game in football and hate watching Nebraska Northwestern in Ireland leading off. At, what what? Uh, what time kickoff is going to be East 12, Coast?
1: 1230. It's 1230. It's still 12:30.
3: So still 1230, but they're obviously going to be playing and they're definitely not used to it. I'm going on the under 50 and a half. I think this is going to be an atrociously bad offensive football game. Um, so I think there's no better sicko week zero play than betting on the under in a big 10 West matchup. Uh so it, it's it's it, in a in a in an environment where no one will care and be there because other than Big Red Nation. or whatever. What is the courthouse your fan base called? Are they, are they, they Big Red?
0: The sea, of, the sea of Red. The Sea is of the Red. They is. Have, the black yeah. shirts. That's um, the defense.
3: I, I, I'm assuming they're going to travel in spades. I know Northwestern will not travel in spades, so it's going to yeah. be a weird game time environment. Um, none of these teams really have, like obviously when Navy and Notre Dame were playing over there, they, they, there is no like tie-in to playing in Dublin for any of these teams. It's a very weird, matchup to play for week zero. Um, so I just think that this is going to be just a very flat football environment, which is like any other big 10 West game for a new kickoff. Uh, but these are, these are teams with terrible offenses. Um, you know, I like the Scott Frost era is going to be coming to a screeching halt here, probably by the end of the season. And uh, it's, it, it's, it, to me, it's an easy play to think that this game is going to go under and 15 and a half. That's pretty low.
2: You know what? Give me Northwestern to cover plus 13. I love it.
3: Ooh. Everybody, I think it's everybody's the, hating on
1: Nebraska. It is the
2: parlay play. And if you parlay yeah. those two together, Irby, uh,
3: you get from minus uh, 110 on each to plus
1: 264 for that bet. Love it. Lock it
0: down. I, I like Nebraska.
1: I do too. I think, uh-huh. I think, yeah. people, I think people are hating on Nebraska because last year they lost. last Nebraska year, a by a couple touchdowns. By less than a touchdown. Five. Right,
2: but have you considered that that might be an effect of poor coaching? That's mm. what I, that's my thing. It's like, is it luck or is it just? It's also their players the not being very good.
0: That well, was that also too. one of their issues. Um, <laughs> that's my point. I mean,
1: I can like. Northwesterns would be so bad though. I mean, they're like 20, they are they are twenty
0: four to ten. Nebraska yeah, twenty
1: four to ten.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's <laughs> that's what I'm you. That's what I'm envisioning. That's what I'm, that's what the spirits are telling me. So I, <laughs> uh, Nebraska 2410. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, I have two other bets that I really love. Uh, give me Charlotte money line at FAU plus 235. Roll Niners. I have no reason to want to bet this besides I live here. Um, <laughs> that's good enough reason then, for me. And then, Sam, I'm interested your thoughts on this. What do we do with Wyoming, Illinois? Are we bold enough to take the money line for Wyoming here? You know, plus 340? I,
0: I They're definitely covering 10. 10 and I a half is the year, spread. Um, Illinois is not a good football team, but no. my fear is Wyoming under Craig Bull has been a bit, they haven't been very consistent. They'll have games where they look really good, and then they'll have games that they look really, really bad. Um, they're replacing a lot on offense. I'm not I'm not very high on Wyoming this year. they're over-under for win total only set at like five and a half. So you're looking at a team that's projected to go under 500 in a Mountain West conference that's not very top heavy. I can I can get behind 10 and a half, but um, I, I'm not sold on Wyoming there. But what a terrible uniform matchup that is going to be. Holy oh god.
2: Brown and orange. Wow. Sounds like one of our one of our favorite teams. Color scheme, doesn't I it? I couldn't <laughs> imagine
0: just waking up and looking at a football field with brown and orange.
1: I mean, Brett Bielema, I mean he actually had them kind of competitive in some games last year. I mean they beat Penn State, didn't they? Did they beat Penn State was that last year?
0: In eight overtimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I think Penn State's gonna be bad actually. We didn't talk about that, but I think Penn State's going to be a, a, not a good – I think Penn
1: State's going to get beat up this year. Like,
0: Hopefully. I think they lose to Ohio State, Michigan, Purdue, and Michigan State.
1: Well, I mean, they're never going to compete until they have an offense, which they've never had, really, so. And, and they, they lost just their lost their defensive coordinator. coordinator.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And replace him with Manny Diaz.
1: <laughs>
0: Who famously had great defenses at Miami. Anything else, guys? Are you excited? Week 0 is upon us.
1: I think that's it.
0: Oh, Brett, I forgot to tell you. Um since you since you slept through the last podcast, uh you will be live tweeting Duke Kansas this year again.
1: Oh, is, what week is that?
2: <laughs>
1: week out, 4. <laughs> I think it's week 4. Good. That was a good time last year. Dude, that game was crazy though. It was like there was like it was like I think 28-21 at half. It was insane. I like. Yeah, Kansas you legitimately had
2: a good time. You had a good Jake, time live tweeting that. It's a good time.
1: Jake, Jake Bobo had like 180 yards receiving.
0: I like Kansas this year. Think there might be a good football team. Not terrible, not really great, but they might be a four-win football team. <laughs> you never know. I think they're better than Duke. Yeah. Maybe. All right. Well, we'll end it with that. Uh, can't wait to pick that game week four. Kansas. Duke traveling to Kansas. Guys, it's been a blast. We'll have this uploaded. Check out all the other stuff. We have a ton of content with on Saturday. So if you've missed a week or two, head over to the Spotify channel, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, and catch up before football season. It is coming around the corner, less than a week. Robert, sign us off. Go Hokies. Oh, no, hey.
4: Feels like a nightmare, basking in the light Just take over, we get under Every warning, they ignite Bright Isabella, I'm thinking it through Everything I gotta do Burdens on the blurry lines That they drew to make it right